Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Sample Chapter Podcast, the very first episode of 2020, episode 101. I'm back. <laughs> and man, I'm I'm so happy to be back. It feels like it's been forever. It was a really nice uh, break, you know, getting a chance to get away. I, I hope your new year is going really well. I hope it's kicked off very well for you. Mine hasn't been terrible. Um, it's actually been pretty good, my, my year. It's just been very, very busy, to say the least. You know, obviously, I haven't done any new uh, episodes. I haven't done any really any writing as well, which is very sad. <laughs> so if you're waiting for my new book, I'm sorry. I'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, but I hope your year's off to a great start. For me, uh, man, I mean, I had that uh, 100th episode. And in line with that, I got I had an interview that came out in a local paper uh, talking about my show. And that 100th episode, that was really, really awesome. And I, I think I shared a link for that. But if you haven't seen it, I'll, I'll reshare that. That was a lot of fun. I had family visiting through the Christmas break up until New Year's Day. During that time, we also had another accident in the family, another vehicle accident, a rollover, but everybody was fine. Uh, seat belts worked well, and uh, everything turned out okay. So, I mean, that, that's fine. But, you know, obviously, at the time, that was a real scare. And I had to take some time off from work from that. But in the meanwhile, I was working like every day throughout all of this Christmas break, um, getting things prepared for a cruise because right after New Year's, I took off on my first ever cruise, which was incredible. I loved it. And uh, my wife and I cannot wait to do that again. And yes, I made sure to drop off some business cards about the show <laughs> and my books here and there, wherever we went in Mexico and we were in Cozumel and Progreso. I dropped off a few cards here and there. So we'll see. We'll see if maybe uh, we pick up some more listeners in other places. <laughs> but that was that was an incredible time. Uh, too much there to even talk about right now. Came back and, uh, you know, I, I had mentioned I needed to get some things done with this computer. And I've been fighting with it for weeks now. Uh, still having computer issues, but I finally got it working. Um, I think what I'm going to end up doing is here coming up in the next few weeks, I'm going to be getting, I'm, I'm just going to get a new computer. Um, this one's more than 10 years old now. I've rebuilt it. I've done other things over time and, and it, it's trucking along, but it is also running windows seven and <laughs> I get no more support for that. So yeah, I, I think that's probably the, uh, the best course of action is I'm just going to have to get a new computer and get things done. So I, I'm using it right now, but uh, I've been having to uh, forced to do a lot more, uh, podcast work on my laptop lately, which is fine, but I try to keep the laptop strictly to writing, but we'll see what, how it goes. Yeah. And lastly, I mean, not that this is any big deal for a lot of the listeners, you know, this doesn't affect you, but for me, um, on top of that, I also lost an uncle. Um, I found out right after I got back from the cruise that he wasn't doing well and he actually passed away pretty quick after that. So that's been difficult, very difficult. And, um, to, you know, it, it's a thing of life, and um, ironically, I've, I've <laughs> I, have, I have him included in uh, one of my stories. So, you know, I I didn't realize like it was one of those things where I'm just writing the story. It was just coming out, kind of writing blind, and it wasn't until after he passed away that I realized, yeah, in fact, that is that that character is based on him. So that was when I opened it up to do some work. That was kind of a emotional moment for me to. Uh, you know, have that realization. And, uh, he's a very special guy. I'm going to miss him anyway, but you know, I, I don't want to bring things down. Um, it, it's it, overall, I, I'm always a positive guy. So I mean, overall, yeah, my, my holidays were great. And I, I really hope yours was too. I appreciate everybody's patience as I took this little break. Uh, I would have liked it to be a little more restful <laughs> and stress-free, but uh, that's all right. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back into a rhythm with the uh, episodes. I've got a lot of authors. Oh my gosh, I have a lot of authors lined up and even more waiting. There's been so many authors that I have been talking with off and on for the last over a month now, getting things set up, getting things arranged for them, and yet 
at the same time, I'm having to call off because of, you know, one thing after another, an uncle or something else happening. Um, so yeah, if you're one of those authors that I've been not in touch that great, the greatest, uh, here lately, then, you know, I apologize. We are going to get you on here. We're going to get things going, uh, here coming up over the next few weeks, things are going to get back on track and, uh, looking forward to it. As far as my personal writing, like I said, this year hasn't been the greatest. Um, ironically, since last year, I kept track of my words and, uh, because of today's guest, Armand Rosamelia. Uh, which it's a great interview. I can't wait to share that with you. But you know his other show that he, one of his shows that he does, the Mondo Method. You know he he inspired me to start tracking my words, and so I was doing that on a daily basis. Had set a goal for 150,000 words for last year, and I did it. I wrote 154,000 actually. And what was really cool about this on this uh, spreadsheet that I had was I got to look at the trends. And ironically, last year was the same thing. I, it was. First part of January, I didn't do hardly any writing. About halfway through the month, I started doing some more. And then by the time February and March came around, that's when I was really starting to uh, kick it into another gear. And I finished a novel idea. And that's been, um, you know, I've been tinkering with it throughout the year. Um, finally sent it off for edits. <laughs> Ironically, I got it back right before I left for the cruise. So... That was eating away at me while I was gone too. I couldn't wait to get back and take a look at the uh, at the edits. And um, good thing is, is I don't have not too much to fix, so that's good. A few loose ends to tighten up, but I'm shooting for a February release of Novel Idea uh, sometime in February. So we'll see what happens. I will definitely let you all know as soon as that book is ready to go. And um, I'm I'm excited. I, I'm really really excited. And I actually finally opened it up and started some work on edits today so that's exciting i i can't wait uh, my other books i'm still working on book two in the bandit chronicles and i should have i'm gonna start once i finish book two and i get going into book three then at that point that's when i'm uh, making sure that i've got things the way i want it like lose you know my strings that I'm starting in book one that they're ready to go for uh, the rest of it because I have like an overarching storyline in the first three books so I want to make sure that that's working out well before book one comes out and then after that each of those books will come out within 90 days of each other is the plan but yeah I'll have all of that lined up for you here right away uh, going back once again to episode 100 back on December 24th it was that was so amazing and I had such a great time reminiscing about the year and uh you know had some fantastic people uh you know armand was one of them with the mondo method they read off some winners uh the incredible author and podcaster kevin tomlinson my buddies over at pop goes the culture joey mills he read from it as well uh and of course scrivener and you store all all helped donate to the uh, that episode which was an incredible success it, it's i'm still watching downloads for that happen all the time and I really appreciate everybody uh, tuning in for that. Speaking of that 100th episode, though, and uh, the giveaways, the winner of the Mac version of Scrivener, Mr. Frank Edler, he has been so kind that uh, it turns out that's not what something that he needs. Uh, he's pretty set on the way he likes to write, and he has redonated that back to the show. So here's what I'm going to do. Instead of running some kind of a contest, first person to send me an email at samplechapterpodcast at gmail.com. First person to send me an email saying, I want the free Mac version of Scrivener, then you will be the winner. I will announce that as soon as I have that. I will post up on Facebook and Twitter that we have a new winner, and then I'll announce uh, who it is on the next episode. You know, it, it's going on right now, so... If you're interested in a Mac version of Scrivener writing software, if this is free, then uh, reach out to me right now at our at my email. Once again, that is samplechapterpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know that you want it, and you could be the winner. So speaking of those great sponsors, uh, we're going to have a spot here in just a moment for Scrivener. Uh, you know, they've been with us for a while, and uh, there's, we've still got a few more months at least on this current contract. I'm going to try and kick out a bunch of episodes here over the next few months and make up a little bit of lost time. And I'll stretch out that kind of, I'll stretch things out for them a little bit more too. 
uh, just because they're so they're so incredible, and I just I love working with them, and they're very generous uh, people. But uh, Scrivener, I I love my Scrivener. I did while I was on the cruise uh, on the ride down, and then once or twice I had a moment of just nothing going on, and I was doing some reading, but I was struck with some inspiration, so I opened up my Scrivener app and did some writing in there. So I've got several hundred words. I think all total, I think I only got around two thousand words between two and three thousand words total during that time where I wrote on my on my phone but it was all on Scrivener and that was really cool so stay tuned if you're needing the Windows version but you still want to save money then you can do that by listening to the ad coming up here in just a moment and of course you store all the absolute best place for self-storage in the Warrensburg area climate control non-climate control two different facilities and both of them are fully fenced in with more than 60 cameras you get your own private gate code and they are very clean facilities that's the like one of the number one things we hear from people all the time talking about how clean that place is so make sure you check them out at ustoral.net that is the letter u s t o r a l l .net click the link in the show notes to find out more I want to give a big shout out to my friends over at Pop Goes the Culture Network. Uh, that is popgoestheculture.com. They that is a website full of anything and everything pop culture, from blogs to podcasts. They share our episodes every week and many many others. All sorts of awesome things going on over there, and uh, several shows that they share that I tune into every week. Check them out at popgoestheculture.com or click the link in the show notes to find out more. It's awesome. I love those shows over there and I think you're going to like it too. Well, speaking of a great show, we have return guest Armand Rosamelia and oh my gosh, that was talking to him was just awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, that's a guy who, you know, I listen to him. I hear him three times a week. He does his own show by himself, which is the uh, the Armcast Dead Sexy Podcast. He interviews authors, and that show comes out twice a week. I don't know how he does this, you know, with with as many books as he puts out, but he does that show twice a week. Comes out every Tuesday and Friday, and then uh, every Wednesday is the Mondo Myth, where he and Chuck Buddha come on and they just talk writing information, uh, tips and tidbits and. You know, they answer your questions. I that is one of my all-time favorite shows on writing, and you got to check it out. It is it is a lot of fun, and they you know they just because they get they get real is what I like about it. They're down to earth, and they have some great advice. But uh, Armand and I, he, he explains the Mondo method, uh, that writing sprint. <laughs> he describes transgressive fiction. <laughs> we talk a little bit about Brazil and of course, you know, always nice. We talk about his books because uh, he's already had three books come out this year, 2020. Uh, another one is planned and he's got, I think, I think five or six more books coming out this year. The man is busy. He is really, really busy. I don't know how he does it, but it's an incredible interview and I can't wait to share that with you. So, Stay tuned to an ad from Scrivener, and then we're going to have that interview with Armand Rosamilia. Jason here. Hey, I wanted to take a moment and tell you about my favorite writing tool, Scrivener. Now, I know you've heard about Scrivener because their writing software has been embraced by hundreds of thousands of other writers like you and I, from the novice to best-selling novelists. The reason we all use it is because of Scrivener's core concept to bring all the writing tools you use together in a single application. And with tools like automatic backup, character maps, project goals, and let's not forget that amazing corkboard, you can see why I use Scrivener every day. As a bonus for Sample Chapter Podcast listeners, use code CHAPTER for 20% off your desktop version. Scrivener Writing Software, built by writers for writers. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Sample Chapter Podcast, episode 101 with 
longtime friend and previous guest, Armand Rosemir. You know Armand. He's been on here. Like I say, he's a previous guest. He's been here twice before, once with Chuck Buddha, and uh, I I'm happy to call him a friend. Uh, if you don't know, he is a New Jersey boy living currently in sunny Florida, not as warm there this morning we've been discussing, uh, where he writes when he's not sleeping. He's happily married to a woman who helps his career and is supportive, which is all he ever wanted in life. With over 150 stories that are currently available, including horror, zombie, contemporary fiction, thrillers, and more, his goal is to write a good story and not worry about genre labels. He also is the host of two successful podcasts, the Armcast Dead Sexy Horror Podcast and the Mondo Method Podcast with his co-host Chuck Buddha. Armand, welcome back to the show, my friend. Thanks for having me back on. Although, you know, you say friends, and I mean, let, let's we're probably like acquaintances. Did you not get my check? I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, no, oh, I did. Hold on. We are very good. Probably, you're probably my best friend. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How are you doing, man? It's, it's great to talk to you again. Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing uh, I'm doing real good, as busy as, uh, as all get out right now, which is always good. I would say so. I would say so. I'm looking things over and... Just looking at 2020 alone, I mean, you've already got three releases and a fourth plan coming up here in March with Dirty Deeds 8. I mean, man, when when do you sleep? You know, what's funny is a lot of this was written in the beginning of last year towards probably, you know, the, say the first six months of 2019. And they all just <laughs> all dropped at once. So I have anthologies that I... I have stories in and different things, and uh, and it's pretty cool. And I also have coming up. I don't have a date yet, but I know Devil Dog Press is going to put out the third and final Chelsea Avenue. So Chelsea Avenue three should be out probably by March as well. So. Oh my gosh, man! Well, how many releases did you have last year? Do you do you know? I think I only had fifteen, maybe. <laughs> only. I I, I, I did well. Yeah, well I didn't have a I didn't have a ton um, uh, of releases, but I wrote a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of stuff that's ready to drop. I'm working with I, I think I got like five five novellas or novels with publishers right now, and I think I have six short stories that have been accepted for anthologies for at some point this year, not including all the stuff that just dropped. Oh my gosh, man! Well, I know. I know you write every day, and of course you you and in, in, you use the Mondo method that uh, that you kind of made up on your own, and uh, which is a really cool method. I've come to adapt that myself, and I try to get in on the uh, the sprints every Sunday, uh, but I don't always get to post the numbers. But uh, I'm there in spirit at least most Sundays. As long as you're as long as you're writing. <laughs> yeah. How and the other interesting thing about that is that so you, you get these sprints done, but then you don't always write. Um, the same story you, you you'll mix it up you'll write one story one hour another one in the next hour how do you keep that straight in your in your mind i'm i'm not really sure <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm a total pantser so you know like right now looking up at my board i have 13 open projects that i'm working on and those could be short stories they could be novels they could be novellas they could be just um i'm writing three different books at the same time on my Patreon and it's every month I put a new chapter of, of each of the three. So I have to have one of those done at least one every month. So I, I'm, I'm constantly, you know, what I need to work on, which is some things might have a deadline. Mm -hmm. And then I get in those weird spots where I don't have a definite deadline for stuff. And that usually slows me down because then I'm all over the place. I'll write, I might write four sprints today, and it might be four different things. But if I have a set deadline, those three or four sprints for the day are, are going to be probably all but one will be on that project. But I, I don't like writing just one thing. It gets boring for me, even if I'm interested in the story. I like to take that break, and, and the Mondo Method is makes it real easy. So the Mondo Method, real quick, is... Uh, at the top of every hour, you write for the first 15 minutes. You do nothing else. You just pour it out, and you try to get as many words in. And I average about 600 to 700 words in that 15 minutes. And then the next 45 minutes on that hour, I go get a cup of coffee. I, 
I play my baseball game. I, I, I'll do other things. I'll check email. I'll do other work, advertising, whatever, promotion. And then the top of the next hour, no matter what I'm doing, stop and you just write the next one. And I only do, I only do like two or three a day. So it's not like I'm getting up at nine o'clock and I'm writing every hour for the next eight hours and eight sprints. Although that would be great. And I've, I've had to do that when I've gotten behind, but, um, I mean, that's really it. So it, it's kind of a reset after that first 15 minutes, that next 45 minutes is sometimes not even thinking about writing or anything, just doing other stuff. And then when you a few minutes before, I usually walk around the living room. I, I, I do my uh, I got my Fitbit. I'll do my walk for like five minutes and I'll think, OK, what's the next? What do I want to work on? Do I want to continue this or do I want to jump into something else? Mm hmm. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> speaking of Fitbit, that's like one of my things because <clears throat> we're friends on that. So that's one of my things at the end of the evening. I always got to go in there, update <laughs> the uh, Fitbit and look and say, where did, where did all mine ended up today? <sighs> yeah. Oh, damn. All right. It's like because you're going to school me on word count every day, but I might be able to walk a few more steps than you. So. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's it's very tough. It's one of those things, unfortunately, it's like a, it'll be like 11 o'clock at night and I'll be winding down for bed and I'll look and I'm like, Oh, good. I got 5,200 steps. And I'm like, I, I don't want to get up. And it's lazy. It's just like get up and, and walk around. Because in my house, because I never leave the house, walking through the living room, the dining room, the kitchen, doing that is about 45 steps. So at, at 10 of every hour, when the Fitbit goes off, it'll say, you know, you need 250 steps. I'm like, well, I just got to walk around this like, you know, six, seven times. And I got my steps in. And... um and most of the time I do it, but then I get towards the end of the night and I'm, I'm just too lazy. I, that's what I have to work on. But that's good though. I mean, working towards the health and, uh, you know, you're always sharing, uh, always lifting up writers and then sharing, you know, the, you know, working on a healthier lifestyle with your, your, uh, food that you've been doing this year and, and, uh, just quite the, uh, the inspirational guy, I gotta say. I mean, especially with the, uh, the Mondo Method podcast with you and Chuck and, I, I never miss an episode. I mean, granted, I was on the cruise for a while, so I missed you know maybe one or two, but I got caught up right away. And uh, I, I <laughs> appreciate just, that. <laughs> I, I just love how you guys you're, you're so down to earth, and it's not a uh, well as a writer, I find it's better to you know yeah. do it like this. You guys are just it's it's sound advice. It's well this this worked for me. You might give it a try. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. And I, I love it. It's just so such a great show. I, I, when we started the podcast, my thing was, I want to have warts and all. I want to tell everything I've done wrong in this business over 30 years. And it's, and it's a lot. And I also wanted Chuck to be honest. You know, when Chuck went back to work, uh, last year, that was very emotional. I mean, he got, he literally teared up on that one because it took him a few episodes, a couple episodes for him to really go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to admit that I'm, to him, he was a failure because he had to go back to work. And that was that was tough, really tough for him to do. And and that's what we want to do. We, we didn't want that podcast where everything is great. Oh, I've done Amazon ads and I've made a million dollars this month, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's not reality. And I'd rather tell you all the crap that we're doing that doesn't work. I'd rather tell you all the money we're, we're, we're putting out that you never get back and, and different things. And... I really love answering when we do, uh, probably once a month, we do Chuck's Mailbag, where the listeners, including yourself, will send in a question for us that Chuck and I will answer. And the neat part is we've probably answered a couple questions more than once, but over the course of three years of doing this, our answers have changed. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a, I think that's the the neat part, because when we started this, you know, I'm, I'm looking, oh, I've been doing this for, you know, 30 years and Chuck's been doing this for like three years. And, um, it was the ego with me that, uh, oh, I'm going to school this, I'm going to school this guy on, on how this works. And then it had the opposite effect. I went, oh my God, I am so out of date <laughs> on so much stuff that Chuck is teaching me and the listeners are teaching me. And it's, it's really helped my career over the last couple of years to listen to what people, the comments and stuff. And I get a ton of private messages. Uh, after an episode and and somebody will share their personal that they don't want it necessarily on the podcast but they'll they'll tell me different things or or different 
websites or whatever that they use, which I think is awesome. Yeah, yeah, and and how humble you guys are comes across, and that that you're willing to listen to the the listeners or take other people's advice and and then offer your own, and it's it's really cool. And as somebody who interviews authors like what you do with your other show, the uh, the Armcast, I I learn so much talking to the authors every week. And just, you know, just in the, the, the BS session before and afterwards, uh, just that little bit of communication of like, really, that worked for you. All right, that's cool. Yeah. And I just, I love that interaction. I, I used, so I used Armcast. I would say I, I used, I started it for selfish reasons. I wanted to pick the brains of authors and I figured I might as well record it. And I love interviewing an author and there's something that they'll say, though. Uh, maybe a publisher that they're working with or or an idea that they're doing and stuff. And I'll just kind of write a little note. And then afterwards, I'm like, okay, tell me the real story. Is this a good publisher? Are they garbage? Um, does that website really work? Whatever. And that's that's a lot of fun for me. And I always call it the selfish part is I want to know the real truth because – as an author, you, you don't obviously you don't want to badmouth anybody, and then sometimes you'll mention, well, it was with another publisher, but then I I got my rights back and I went with this publisher, and then we'll talk about how great that publisher was. But I'm like, okay, tell me what happened with the other one, so then I don't make that mistake and go in with them, and and that's a lot. You get a lot of that, and talking to publishers is great. I mean, I've sold a lot of books. I've sold several books just from interviewing a, a publisher, and then them going, okay. What do you what do you have? Send me something. Very nice. I mean, I could go on and on and on talking about everything else that you do besides your books, but we probably ought to talk about some of your books as well. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> so you kicked off the year January first with uh, this anthology, The Horror Writer: A Study of Craft and Identity in the Horror Genre. This is awesome. I, I'm not even sure that I heard about this one. Tell tell us about that. Uh, well, Crystal Lake put it out, and they did it pretty quick um, uh, through, I want to say, Hellbound Books. So they kind of helped. And it's basically just they wanted nonfiction articles. And, of course, so I, I do an article about what podcasting and how, uh, you know, basically how to be a guest on a, on a podcast and the do's and don'ts of, of being a guest so that you're, you're, you're back. You know, listen to the show. Um, you know, listen to the questions, uh, try to mix it up every time you're on a different podcast and, and whatnot, just kind of a, a list of 10 or whatever, uh, do's and don'ts for it. And it was, it was neat. I mean, uh, there's a ton of great articles. I, I'm about halfway through those and, um, I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting for the, the print copy so I can actually put it up and, and probably go through it and use it. Cause that's some really good advice in there. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm going to have to pick that up myself because that's that's great information and that's something that with my writing group I talk about frequently with them and, and of course anytime one of them my group comes out with a book I'm like, "Hey, you got to get on the show." And and sometimes it takes a while, a little bit of convincing to get them to come on, but I'm like, "No, seriously, this is so much fun and you're going to really enjoy being out there. Plus it's something that they can then share." So that's awesome. I can't wait to read that. And uh, to see your advice on uh, getting onto podcasts and what you have to say for that. I do mention stay away from Jason Meisky, though. Oh, damn it. All right. Number um, one rule. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, but not the Sample Chapter podcast. No, no, no. Just stay away from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the, the hidden truth. But I'm pump. Your, your <laughs> wow. new book with Jay Wilburn. Yeah, I know. See, I'm, I'm right there with, uh, with Chuck. <laughs> hey, uh, tell us about the hidden truth. So The Hidden Truth is the third book that Jay and I have written together, and it was his idea. And, you know, the, the pitch – so it's always funny when, when he and I write, it's basically whose turn is it to pitch, and we pitch like two or three stories. And in this case, it was he, – he was like, no, no, I have, I have one pitch. And it's what if a tabloid-like um, uh, thing uh, – basically had an app. They, they created an app so you could anonymously tell on your neighbor or your family or friends. You can basically, you know, all everybody's dirty laundry you can put out there. 
and they create this app and it, it goes viral. It, it's crazy, but people are really telling on each other. So in the meantime, it creates this chaos and this havoc. And I mean, that's, that's, that's the pitch he gave me. So we, uh, I said, okay, give me the first chapter because it's your story. Give me the first chapter. And, uh, it's basically about a couple of sleazy tabloid guys, Jackson and Cole, who are, you know, they go out looking for Bigfoot and, and, you know, the, the bat, the bat child and all these stupid things. And they, they write up all these preposterous stories and they come up with the app. And that's kind of what leads to the crazy. And when we started it, we didn't know, is it a horror? Is it whatever? And then we started, uh, I think Jay came up with it's transgressive fiction, which I'm still not a hundred percent sure what that is, but <laughs> sounds really cool. Yeah, it does. Well, if memory serves, I think when the first time you came on, you read from A Yard Full of Bones, which was your first book with Jay. Is that right? Uh, second book. Your second book. Okay. Yeah, we had done uh, The Enemy Held Near, which was a haunted house story uh, set in Georgia for Devil Dog Press. And then Yard Full of Bones was um, kind of cosmic horror, I guess, if you really look at it. And that came out from uh, Unnerving. And then this is uh, this is from Crossroad Press. Which was which was great because we sat next to David Neil Wilson of Crossroad Press at Scares That Care last year, and he and I are big baseball fans, and we started talking baseball and all different things. And I had mentioned he was looking at the other two books, and I mentioned, oh, me and Jay have another one. We're actually we're actually uh, you know shopping right now, and he said, oh, what's it about? And we told him, and he's like, well, you know, I'm a I'm a IT guy, I'm a big tech guy. He's like, send that to me. And uh, Jay had been trying to get it. He had been uh, looking at, at different publishers for it with no luck. And so basically I just said to Jay, hey, you know, maybe I'll just do this from now on because I just I think I just sold our book, you know, <laughs> which was funny. And then uh, basically they they loved the crossroad, loved it. And boom, that was it. Here's the contract. And uh, here's the cover, which we loved. And um, and that was it. So over the, the last few months, it's been putting put together and building up and everything else. So it's uh, and it's awesome. And we're almost done with our fourth book writing together. And it's a uh, kind of a time travel book. So we always write something different and it's always something really odd and weird. Oh, that's very cool. And that's one of the things I, I really love about your career is you are kind of all over the place. You're writing what you want to write. Which is really, I think, every writer's dream. Whether it's your nonfiction, the the upcoming donut book, uh, View from My Seat, uh, and then you got thrillers, horror, and uh, lots of really really cool stuff. It's it's fun because I, I guess the good part is I'm I write a lot. I write about four hundred thousand words a year, and I'm actually on pace so far, probably to hit five hundred this year. Although my wife's going to kill me. She's like, you need to take a break, but. Um, and actually, as of today, I think I've written 117 straight days without a break, um, which is which is crazy because I I was taking a day off every week and I I haven't since like September middle of September or end of September. So, uh, but you know I I like the challenge of doing different things. So I'm really big into uh, like Dirty Deeds, which is a crime thriller series, and I'm writing a couple of different noir crime thriller novels like. 80 to 100,000 word novels I'm working on now. And my goal is to, not that I'm, I, I'm trying to get out of horror, but it's very limited. The, um, it's, I mean, honestly, it's very limited the money and the fan base for horror. So for me, crime thriller is a natural progression. I've written a bunch of crime thriller stuff and I mean, I'm on, you know, Dirty Deeds 8 now. So I've written it for a while. So I wanted to just do something completely different gritty and um and, you know we talk about this on mondo method this year i'm going to be looking for an agent and which i really never had to before so just you know i, I think it would be boring if i just wrote a bunch of zombie books for the rest of my life and that was that was it and i i went up to you know dying days 47 or something i think that would be boring so to do all these other things uh yeah, that's the fun that's the challenge mm-hmm well, speaking of Dirty Deeds, we're going to leapfrog just uh, from, from one over the, the book we're going to hear from today. We're going to leapfrog into Dirty Deeds 8. That's coming in March. 
And I, it's pretty cool because you were talking me uh, before the show how that uh, this one's going to be taking place in South America and Brazil, and we both have some uh, a lot of fans down there listening to our shows. So I expect everybody down there to pick up this book. Uh, what else can you tell us about Dirty Deeds? Eight? Well, it's you know it's it's a series that I originally uh, a few years ago got a Kindle Scout contract for the first one, and that was amazing for me. Because out of thousands and thousands of books, they picked. I think I, I think it ended up 215 books total were printed from uh, what what became Kindle Press. Out of like tens of thousands of books that were submitted, and I got a great push. Uh, it sold really well. I got a ton of reviews and everything else. And Amazon was amazing. The problem is they wanted to put out one book a year, and this is a really quick read. And the first one ends on a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And I pissed a lot of people off with that. <laughs> because, and then I was like, I'm not going to wait a year. People will kill me. Like the, the reviews, the bad reviews were always love the book, but then the, the, the ending, uh, sucked one star, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, I said, you know what? Starting with two, I'm going to do it myself. So I try to do two a year and get them out there. And it's, it's fun. It's, I love the character, James Gaffney. Is um, so the series is based on that he's a hitman that uh, kills children, but in reality he doesn't kill children. In reality, he takes those children from like parents uh, or the, who you know politicians, whoever want to get a, rid of a, of a child who's in their way type of thing. So he kidnaps them, but then instead of killing them, he moves them to a better reality, a better home to to foster parents to. He has a whole system he's been doing for years and years. And so that's kind of the, the, the fun of it, because when you first, you know, read the back cover, you're like, oh, I killed children. Oh, my God. But then like, OK, he doesn't. And there's a lot of humor and stuff. So by eight now, I'm, I'm really enjoying the, the minor characters in and out and everything else. And like I was telling you before we started recording, I saw I, I had a bunch of for some reason on uh, Armcast podcast, I had a lot of. People from Brazil were listening, you know, like a hundred people all of a sudden out of nowhere from Brazil started listening to the podcast. And I had, so I had made a mention in, in an episode. I was like, ah, you know what? Maybe I'll set my next one in, in Brazil. And cause I was just looking for a, a different location. You know, it's, they're all set in, in different places all over the U S I figured, you know what? Let me go out of the country for this idea. And uh, again, total, you know, I told pants the whole idea and it was just, that was the idea. How do I get him in uh, to Brazil <laughs> and, and, and back safely kind of thing. And that was it. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I, I, I've read the first one and uh, like you said, the, the ending of it definitely, it made me have to go and pick it up the second one right away on uh, I think it was on KU. So I've got it in my to be read but I haven't started yet. That's that's where I that's where I lack right now in uh, the drive to keep going in a series is because I've got so many other things I'm trying to read, so I yeah. need to get back in there. But yeah, the, I remember uh, there was uh, one part where he was at a uh, card convention, picking up some new playing cards somewhere or uh, uh, baseball cards, and something he said just cracked me up. I'm laying in bed with my wife and I'm reading. And, She's playing her game, and I started cracking up, and she was like, what, what, what? And it's like, uh, I don't think you would laugh, but it, I thought it was funny. <laughs> so, but yeah, I can't wait to uh, get back in there and pick up the second one uh, to uh, to keep reading. But, uh, it was actually my uh, it was actually my NaNoWriMo novel. Oh, okay. So I, I, wrote it in, I wrote it in November. Actually, I finished early. I finished, I think, in 20 days, uh, 50,000 words on that one, and then um, – because I was away with, uh, for my 50th birthday, me and Chuck Buddha both celebrated. Within two days, we're, we turned 50, and the wives surprised us and took us to a cabin up in North Carolina for a, for a week. And uh, so it was great, because then while I was away, the beta readers were reading it, and then the editor uh, took it. And then, um, I mean, it was finished by first week in January. Everything was edited, formatted, done, up. Don't worry about it. And uh, I'll do the next one. I'll do Dirty Deeds 9 probably closer to the summer, and then probably Dirty Deeds 10 will be my, my NaNoWriMo again. Oh, my gosh. That's really cool. That's really cool. I, I'm happy because I, I did finish my work in progress during NaNo this year, 
and then uh, I jumped right into the next book of uh, this new series I'm doing to see if I could get my 50,000. I didn't make that, but I'm just happy to have finished the, the one. Yeah. So Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Well, all right. So we got to get back on the track here. We've got the most recent release. Uh, as of this recording, it just came out yesterday. The Beast, a Bigfoot thriller. And for me personally, I I have always loved stuff about cryptozoology with Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster and all this kind of stuff. So I cannot wait to dive into this. Where did this come from? So it's funny. I... Uh, I saw Severed Press had a had a call, obviously a while ago, and they're really known for monster books. And uh, so they had an open call for novellas, and I was like, you know what? I, I had this idea for a, a for a kaiju, for a giant monster book, and I'm like, you know what? It's a novella. I'm going to write it, and I, I wrote it really quick, and uh, it was basically a giant monster coming from Russia uh, over like 12 years, like a mile a day walking across the ocean and basically uh, stomping all over San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. And that was, that was it. So that was a Gromney and that came out by, from Severed Press. They bought it, they loved it. And they immediately said, pitch me a bunch of books. <laughs> so I did, I pitched them um, eight different ideas and then they, they took, they ended up giving me a contract for five of those. And one of them, which is, uh, which is the beast is set in 1986 in Middletown, New Jersey, at a place called Porcy Park, which that exists. It's a real place uh, not too far from where I grew up. I, I grew up in a, in a part of Middletown. So it was kind of a, um, it was, you know, Bigfoot, New Jersey. That was pretty much the, the pitch I gave them. That was it. And they were looking for more Bigfoot stuff because it's a big seller for them. So, and uh, what's funny is I had, right before I had uh, pitched to them, I had bought, uh, we, had, we had been up in New Jersey and I bought a bunch of weird New Jersey magazines because I've been reading them forever. And I, yeah, obviously I can't get them down here in Florida and I don't want to pay the shipping. So whatever we go up there, I buy them. And I open it up and the first thing it is, is it says is they had a Bigfoot section on, on one. It said the beast and it had basically Porcy Park because I remember it's a real myth, the urban myth, from, you know, legend from growing up. And I was like, that's it. I remember this. And then, so then when it was time to do the pitches. That was the first one I pitched and, uh, and they loved it. And, um, so I was like, all right. So it was, it was, uh, again, it's a novella. I, it, it went really quick because I kind of knew the story from, from growing up from being a kid. And it was one of those, well, what if it, what if there really was a Bigfoot and what if the Bigfoot attacked people? What if, they're encroaching on its, you know, on its land and, and what would happen. Oh, that's so cool, man. I, I love that stuff. I, I don't get to read. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't come across enough good Bigfoot thrillers. Um, I had, had a guest on the show uh, a year ago, actually, who had a really interesting Bigfoot book. Where it, was, it was all cosmic and different races of Bigfoot, and that was really neat. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this one that's... Uh, I don't know if you want to say more, perhaps more grounded in uh, reality or whatever, but uh, this is, this looks really cool. Well, thank you. The cover is awesome. The, yeah, uh, yeah, it is. The cover is really catchy, especially when you have the print, the print book on a table selling. That's really cool. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Well, now what do you got coming, coming soon beyond uh, Dirty Deeds 8? So I'm working on, um, Another book for Severed Press that should be out in a few months. I'm almost done. And that's, um, so I, the, 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 I guess the pitch is the easy pitch is the thing in the South Pole. Hmm. So it's basically an alien, um, in the South Pole <laughs> book. <laughs> and, uh, so that'll be coming out, um, a month of Duncan, uh, my, my next nonfiction book. Basically, I sat every day in October in a different Dunkin' Donuts, uh, based from Florida all the way up to Massachusetts and back. And because we did a lot of traveling that month and I, I drank or ate a different thing and I interviewed people and I just talked to customers and I or it's observations, whatever. So it's 
It's uh, 31 different days. Sometimes I went to more than one Dunkin' Donuts. And uh, so that'll be coming out probably April. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. You know, Dirty Deeds 9, Dirty Deeds 10 will be out this year. I have a bunch of anthologies I'll be in. I don't know what release dates they are. I know Friday the 13th, February 13th, uh, Arterial Bloom anthology from Crystal Lake Publishing. Mercedes Yardley put that one together. And that has a really weird story for me, something totally different that I wanted to just try. And she loved it. So that'll be out. Um, there's a weird Western short story I'm going to have out in an anthology. There's a, uh, I wrote a, a food story uh, about pork roll <laughs> <laughs> that uh, I just got the acceptance a couple of days ago on. So that one will be out. I've, I've been very blessed so far. I think I've had in the last year, I've had two rejections and everything else has, uh, has found a place. Oh, I'll be in the uh, Blue Oyster Cult anthology that uh, Tommy Clark is putting together, and I'll be in the King Diamond anthology that Death's Head Press is putting together, too. So those are going to be a couple of cool music ones. And I was in a, a Springsteen anthology um, November, December of last year. So a lot of music stuff for some reason. Wow. Wow. Well, and I just thought about it. Plus, you've got, I think you're working on another another Beers and Fears uh, which was really awesome. I was really happy when I got that in the mail uh, from you guys. That was really cool. I loved reading that. And yeah, we uh, we we just talked about. It. We actually just set it up. So Tim Meyer, it was me, Tim Meyer, uh, Frank Edler, and Chuck Buddha because we do the Beers and Fears tour every year, and um, and it did really well. It was Tim's idea, and Tim put it together and everything. So this time around, Frank Edler's taking charge, and it's gonna be a, it's gonna be something a little different. But uh, definitely, obviously, we'll have uh, horror and and beer in it, which are two favorite things. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and I think uh, you and Chuck are working on another Keyport Cthulhu, aren't you? Yeah, it'll be the the third and probably final Keyport Cthulhu. We'll be out in time for Beers and Fears. And I'll also be doing uh, Belford Stories 5, which is my contemporary fiction series set in my uh, my hometown that I do I put out every year right before beers and fears because I always do a signing at in Belford at the Belford Brewing Company so that's awesome man lots going on lots to lots for people to look forward to uh, now of course anybody who's been listening to this show for some time know where to find you people who follow you already know where to find you but for those uh, perhaps our listeners in Brazil or uh, people also around the world where can they find you and follow you. The easiest place, the place that I'm most active is still Twitter, um, uh, at Armand Author. And uh, I have ArmandRosamilia.com, which I barely ever use anymore. I'm, I have an author, Armand Rosamilia page on Facebook. Uh, Project Entertainment Network is the Instagram. But mostly it's Twitter. I, I'm, I'm really active on, on uh, Twitter every day. Very cool. All right. Well, again, Armand, thank you so much for being on the show, and I cannot wait to hear about this. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, our first sample chapter of the year, Armand Rosamilia with The Beast. Chapter 1. The damn dog was yapping again at shadows. Hank Higgins, knee replacement and new glasses, stumbled off the couch and tried to get his bearings. His wife Melinda had gone to bed hours ago. She usually left him in the living room with the sound muted on the TV, so when the station cut out for the night, the white on the screen wouldn't be accompanied by the white noise. The dog kept yapping. It was Hank's fault. He'd forgotten to let the damn thing back into the house from the back porch when he was supposed to. Shut up, Hank said. I'm coming, damn dog. His knee popped and he grimaced. Not the new knee, the old stubborn one he hadn't told Melinda about yet. She'd not only fret about him, but she'd schedule another doctor's appointment to get it replaced. He was 70, not 170. He felt fine. It's my weather gauge knee, Hank would tell her. I can always tell when a big storm is coming. Remember the nor'easter in 79? He'd felt it, and he wasn't yet 63. If you take away both of my knees, how will I know when it's supposed to rain? Hank knew it was a losing battle, and the moment he flinched around Melinda, she'd rush to the kitchen and stand at the wall phone, one hand holding it while the other scanned the long list of phone numbers she'd scribbled onto a yellowed piece of paper 
and tacked above the phone. Next thing you knew, Hank would be under the knife and wishing he was watching the damn Mets game and sipping a cold beer instead. That was his happy go-to place, watching his Mets and sipping a beer. Melinda only let him have one per game, and it was always the same fight. The worst part? His Mets had a good team this year. With only a few weeks left in the season, they had an excellent shot at not only the playoffs, maybe the World Series. There were over 80 wins right now heading into September, and Hank thought they had a shot at 100 victories on the season. Even with Gary Carter recently injured, the team would keep finding ways to win. Hank was a big fan of Lee Mazzilli, who just returned. With Mookie and Darrell in the outfield, who could beat the amazing Mets? Hank got to the door and put his hand on the knob and stopped. The damn dog was no longer barking up a storm. Hank turned the knob and let the door swing wide, expecting the dog to come rusting past him a hundred pounds of canine instead of the three pounds of annoyance he really was. No dog. Hank took a step outside. That's when he smelled it in the air. A combination of wet dog, mildew, and rancid body odor. He flipped on the light on the porch. No dog. Nothing that couldn't be making that smell. The light bulb was one of those new energy savers Melinda went on and on about. Hank's argument was simple. For the eight cents they'd save a year, was it worth not being able to see more than ten feet into the yard? Get in here, dog, Hank said, clapping his hands. He'd forgotten the damned dog's name in his anger. I'm getting too old for this. Something moved off to his right near the house. When Hank turned, he only saw shadows. I'm counting to three, and then you can spend the night outside, Hank said. What was the dog's name again? Something girly, even though it was a male. Melinda loved emasculating the animals over the years. She swore she didn't do it on purpose. It was her gut telling her to name it a certain name. Hank remembered Trixie, a golden retriever they had for a few years. Great dog. Quiet. Loved to sleep at the foot of the bed. Despite being a male, Melinda gave him a girl name. The smell was now unbearable. Hank turned to go back inside. He'd act dumb in the morning when Melinda asked about the dog. Maybe he'd try to wake early and see if the dog had slept on the back porch. Would serve the dog right to spend a night like a real animal instead of a pampered diva. The growl was guttural, but so quiet at first that Hank thought it was a queer trick of the wind through the trees. He turned and saw the glowing red eyes, at least a foot and a half higher than his own stare. Despite the size of the shadow that detached from the nearby darkness, it was fast. Hank was grabbed by the shoulder, the grip crushing his bones. He tried to scream, but a hairy hand covered his face. The smell made Hank reel. He was slammed to the ground with such force that the wind was knocked from his bruised chest. Hank tried to rise, but immense weight fell upon his legs. The dog, or what was left of him, was a few inches from Hank's face. Susie, Hank remembered. The dog's name is Susie. As Hank stared at the shredded body of the dog, he closed his eyes. The dog's name was Susie. Melinda would find her dog and her husband crushed a bloody slush in her backyard in the morning. And that was Armand Rosamilia reading a sample chapter from his latest release, The Beast. It was chilling, it was thrilling, and I've already got mine picked up on my Kindle. I cannot wait to dive into this. This looks incredible. Hey, click the link in the show notes to find out more about Armand, his shows, his books, everything Armand. It's right there in the show notes. Uh, Don't forget to also click the links for our friends and sponsors alike, and hit that subscribe button. Whether it's your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out next week when we come back with an all-new author, a new book, and a new sample chapter. Take care, everyone. Can't wait to see you again next week.